Welcome, folks, to the first ever edition of Ranting All Day. Cannot wait for this. This is our NBA exclusive show. We'll just cover the NBA. I am excited to add this show to the family alongside my other show, Opinions All Day, the main show. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Season 1, Episode 1. This is going to be a great show to get into, hopefully, those NBA topics I don't have time to cover or get into more detail than I do on the other show because the other show, as we all know, is loaded. There's a lot to cover, football stuff, other sports, and it's been a busy sports news week, as most of you are probably aware. So on the first episode, I'm going to get into Carmelo Anthony accusing the Denver Nuggets of being petty because they gave away his number 15 jersey to Jokic. And, you know, I'm wondering how the heck the Denver Nuggets were supposed to foresee how good Jokic was supposed to be. And it just points out and shows how stubborn Carmelo Anthony is. Um, And then, of course, Victor Wimbanyama. What the Spurs need to do for him. Because he needs some help. He needs some help. He doesn't have enough good players. The Spurs have not been a good team in a, in a while, like what, five years. I mean, it's been pathetic. I mean, he needs some help. And the fact that he has not been afforded the proper support from the Spurs. That have, I mean, like we're acting like he went to some crappy team like the Hornets or the Magic, before this season. Like, he went to the Spurs. I mean, Greg Popovich, and I said it before, he needs to retire. I believe he needs to step aside. We'll get into that later on. But I start off the show with the Kawhi Leonard extension. The Clippers have extended Kawhi Leonard three years, $153 million. And, you know, I was skeptical of the Clippers adding James Harden. And because back in 2019, when this, uh, you know, deal originally took place, when Kawhi and PG-13 joined forces with the Clippers, I was like, I was, I was in. I was in. Talking about Paul George, who... Was playing pretty good with the Thunder, but he was stuck with Russell Westbrook. And he had an old, beat-up Carmelo Anthony, speaking of, who wasn't playing very good. He was, you know, getting into the twilight of his career. Then he had Kawhi, who just went on a magic carpet ride with the Raptors. Now, people call call it a magic carpet ride. But realistically, they went through some good teams. I mean, they beat the 76ers, who had Jimmy Butler on that team alongside Joel Embiid. And then, of course, they beat the Bucks after being down 2-0, beat them four straight times. And then, you know, the luck started when they beat the Warriors when they didn't have Kevin Durant, 
or Clay Thompson. But to the Raptors' credit, they won those games, and Kawhi deserves, and he did deserve that credit because they went on and won each game. But when we're talking about the Clippers situation, it's been disappointing for a monsoon of reasons. I mean, we're talking about injuries. One game Kawhi isn't um, isn't playing. One game Paul George isn't playing. Injuries. Chemistry. Killed them in the bubble. I mean, I know there was locker room issues. I mean, I understand like only two teams really wanted to be there. The Miami Heat and the Lakers. The Clippers had a great opportunity up 3-1 on the baby Nuggets, and they blow it. 2021, they get to the conference finals against the Phoenix Suns, who reached the finals and got beat by the Bucks. But Kawhi was injured. It was the Paul George show and then whoever else could contribute. So it's been off and on. It's Kawhi's out, Paul George is out. Now they have this James Harden, Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, Paul George and Kawhi, you know, big four, essentially. Three and a half, if you want to call it that, because Westbrook comes off the bench, as I mentioned. The Clippers had no choice. Based on everything I just went through briefly, they had no choice. They have alongside going all in on Kawhi and Paul George. They have the second highest salary in the league. So they have to go all in on this. They also have the highest salary in the league. And then the icing on the cake is they don't own a first round pick into oblivion. They don't own any of them. They all go to the Oklahoma City Thunder or some other team. That's the Clippers' future. They don't own their first-round pick until, what, 2027, 2028? A long time from now. Probably even farther down the line than that. So they don't have a choice. Then you got the $2 billion palace that Steve Ballmer is building. They need to win a championship. They need to win one this season because they added in James Harden, who is the ultimate boom-or-bust player. They got Kawhi, Paul George, who are both injury-prone year after year after year. Then you got Westbrook off the bench, who is one moment away from being unhappy. And we've seen it over and over again. Like, this team could win an NBA championship. It would not shock me. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, pretend that they can't, but that's only if they're healthy. And also, if you're the Clippers... Going back to that first round pick, like as I mentioned, you didn't have a choice. Like, what were you going to do? Just, you know, be like, yeah, you know, eh, we're good. We're going to go into that new arena, brand new $2 billion in the Los Angeles market, which is not an easy place to win. And we're going to go in there with a bunch of scrubs and I don't know what, Russell Westbrook as the leader. That's not going to work. You went into this aggressive, 10 toes down, balls deep, into this Kawhi PG-13 marriage duo. You've done different variations of it. You've added in Doc Rivers. 
That was the first tech coach. That didn't work out. They flamed down the bubble, bursted. You bring in Ty Lue, the championship head coach. Every big star in the NBA loves Tyron Lue. That's who Kawhi and Paul George wanted. They got him in. They got a coach that can... The X, and when we talk about the X's and O's of the NBA, he has it. Tyron Lue is that guy. He's the guy you want on your bench, calling out the plays, organizing your team. When we think about the Clippers and what they did a couple of days ago, they had no choice. This was the obvious answer. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are the Clippers' future. That's it. And the future is right now. So they got to win a championship this season, and they got to win one next season. That's what Kawhi is... Ba- that, that's, he's, he, uh, if anyone doubted the Clippers are going all in, this should er- erase any doubt that you had of that. They're all in. If this doesn't work, this is a disaster. And as someone who originally started off as a big supporter of this, like I, I was like, bam, Clippers are all in. They're a serious franchise. They had a good year with, with Scrappy, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams teams when they pushed the Golden State Warriors to six games. Remember that in the first round, 2019? Everyone was like, oh man, the Clippers might upset the Warriors, that narrative. And then Katie, he had that moment where he said, I'm bleeping Kevin Durant. Remember that series? The Clippers did the obvious move. Like, people even floating out the idea that they would come this far. Because they've, they've rode this out a long time. I mean, good grief. The Clippers started this experience with Kawhi and PG-13 the same year the Nets, Vibes in Brooklyn brought in Kyrie and Katie. And that blew up fast. Like almost two years ago now. Clippers and their all-in moves. They're still going all-in. This is the way you gotta do it. If you're gonna come this far, you might as well Say F it and just go for it. And if it works, you know, good. If it doesn't, then you know what? You can say you didn't quit. Like the Clippers would have looked stupid if they would have just said, All right, you know, James Harden, Kawhi, PG-13, Russell Westbrook, see ya. We're good. We're moving on. You can't. You just cannot do it. This team was expected to win an NBA championship. These two, Paul George and Kawhi, were brought in to do that. The roster is built to get it done. And people, you know, bash Kawhi. They bash Paul George. You know, you know they call him playoff P and all this other stuff. This is the Clippers are a team that could win the championship. Like the way James Harden and Kawhi in a PG-13 have been able to fit together has been impressive. I didn't think it would happen. And we'll talk about it more on Sunday. The Clippers have a legitimate chance to win the championship this year. 
And if it works, they're going to look smart. And no one's going to care what happens five years from now or even three years from now or maybe even two years from now. Or who knows, maybe in a couple months because they won the championship. <laughs> who knows, James Harden might be out the door. And that might help him find his way out of into another contract. So, who knows? But if we're looking at the Clippers, they made the obvious decision and anyone sitting here questioning why they did this should look themselves in a mirror and be like, what was the original goal? What was the Clippers' original goal in all of this? It was to win a championship. And if you don't do this, if you don't re-sign Kawhi, if you don't re-sign Paul George, which they're going to, and they're working on it right now, if they don't do any of that, then this was all for naught. This was not serious from the beginning. Vibes in Brooklyn was not serious. It blew up very, very fast. The front office wasn't serious. They brought in non-serious players like Kyrie Irving. The Clippers, they're showing they're serious. Steve Ballmer is adamant about winning. And this was the win right now move. So, and it's the obvious one because you can't go into a $2 billion arena, the third most expensive arena or stadium in U.S. history. You can't go in there with a bunch of guys and then, I don't know what, Wester Westbrook? Can't do that. Can't torture the fans like that. You can't jack up the ticket prices and then go in there without Kawhi, Paul. I mean, you got to go in there with stars. Whether it works or not, just from a business standpoint, that's that's the most logical. So, all right. So switching gears here. On my old show, I was a huge critic of Carmelo Anthony because I felt like people put him on a pedestal where he didn't belong, and that was in the superstar tier. Carmelo Anthony, just from a basketball standpoint, is not a superstar. Because whether you like it or not, whether it's fair or not, you are judged on what you did in the postseason and how many championships you won. Did you elevate your team? When we think of LeBron James, he elevated his teams, won championships. Stephen Curry elevated his teams. Kobe elevated his teams. Michael Jordan elevated his teams, won championships. Go down the list. Kevin Durant, Kawhi's done it. All these different players have elevated their teams. Carmelo Anthony, not once in his career, has ever elevated his team. Has he ever done that? Can you name a freaking time when Carmelo Anthony elevated his team in the postseason to a point where you're like, Damn, they have a chance. They have a legitimate chance, whether it was the Nuggets or the Knicks, they were going to win the championship. No, not once. Now, there was always going to be hype with the Knicks when he went to New York, when he demanded that trade. There was always going to be hype, but that was an overrated situation because the Knicks had to sell the farm had to pretty much get rid of everyone that Carmelo Anthony wanted to play with in order to get him. 
That's why they never won. That's why that was the biggest flop. That's why when you think of the Carmelo Anthony era with the Knicks, Jeremy Lin hops right in your head. Because that was, the, in my opinion, the biggest moment. Like, you know, people try to dress that up and pretend like he had ultimate success with the New York Knicks. No, he didn't. No, he did not. He failed and failed and failed again. Let's go look through his playoff record with the Knicks. Because I think all of this with Carmelo Anthony gets ignored. No one wants to address it. All right, so when he gets to the Knicks, 2010-2011, makes the playoffs first round, and they get swept by the Celtics. 2011, 2012, they get beat down by the Miami Heat in five games. And then in 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, missed the playoffs. And then he went on to join the Thunder, and, you know, he became pretty much irrelevant. He was a kind of a joke at that point. Does that scream NBA legend? Like, does all that scream NBA legend Carmelo Anthony? He's not an NBA legend. And with the Nuggets, people bring up, well, you know, he reached the conference finals against the Lakers in 2008. Okay, great. Great. Do you want a cookie for that? No one cares. Because Chauncey Billups was on that team and Allen Iverson, when he still had his legs, was on that team. Carmelo Anthony is not a winning player. Why is that hard for people to understand? So him coming out and spewing this bullshit about Jokic, that it's disrespectful and petty that they gave away my jersey, number 15 to Jokic, the Nuggets had no damn clue how good Jokic was going to be. How are they? How were they supposed to know that? I want Carmelo Anthony to, to tell me, to tell everyone how the Nuggets were supposed to predict that, yeah, you know, this Jokic guy, he was drafted during a damn Taco Bell commercial. Yeah, he's going to be a back-to-back MVP, NBA champion, finals MVP. Go down the list. How are, they, how are they supposed to know that? Were they supposed to know that? Like, Carmelo Anthony, he's acting like they drafted Jokic with the first overall pick. And then, then they handed him 15. No, he was the second round pick, 41st. 41st overall in the second round. He was drafted in a Taco Bell commercial. And Carmelo, I just went over it a minute ago. Your accolades don't don't add up to, yeah, my jersey should be hanging in the rafters in Denver. No, they shouldn't because you didn't accomplish enough. You weren't the guy. You were going along with uh, on a great ride with Chauncey Billups and Allen Iverson when they were there. Like, when we think of those Denver Nuggets teams with, you know, George Carl as the head coach, 
And I understand people are not big. Some people aren't big George Carl fans, but Mello needs to drop it. He needs to drop it because no one wants to freaking hear it. You're not a winning player. And to come out after bringing a championship, Jokic, the first championship ever to the Denver Nuggets, it's just total disrespectful. Total, and it just adds to the disrespect Jokic continues to receive from the sports media, which gave him zero credit leading up to his championship. They never talk about him. They don't take him seriously because, and I get it, he's not the most athletic guy on the planet. He's not, his his physique is not attractive. It's not great to watch. It's not great to look at. I mean, he looks like a guy that goes and slams a 12-pack a night. But he is the best player in the NBA right now. And Melo can have all of these hard feelings and all of this. But you can't say that. You can't say that. Number 15, when we think of the Denver Nuggets, belongs to Jokic. Like, I almost forgot that Melo even wore number 15 with the Nuggets. So I don't want to hear it. Like, if this was LeBron or someone else, of like, if Melo won, like, three championships with the Denver Nuggets, then I would be perfectly fine with him having an issue of this. But no, he hasn't deserved, he hasn't earned any of that. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. This was a below-the-belt shot at Jokic. And Melo should be ashamed for it. And this, I mean, I'm not trying to see, I don't want to slam on guys and beat them down. But this is another reason, just just from the, forget the basketball stuff. This adds another layer to why I'm not a big fan of him. Because I don't think he's a winning player. He's more worried about his stats. He's more worried about himself. And that's the way he played. This was a selfish comment. It shows that he doesn't give a shit about the Denver Nuggets. He didn't care that much. He demanded a damn trade to the Knicks. And he said, damn the the torpedoes. Give up what you need. I'm coming to the Knicks. And then pretended like the Knicks screwed him over. No, you wanted to go there. They got, you got what you wanted. But they had to give up everything to get you. So Melo, you know, talented player. The talent's there. But he never had a winning mindset. And people over the years in sports media, and and he'll make the Hall of Fame, but it just gets on my damn nerves how much credit he gets. All right, so switching gears here to the Spurs. And, you know, what do they need to do? They have Victor Wimbanyama, Wimby. Number one overall pick. He had a lot of hype. He was going to be the next Tiger Woods. Next greatest athlete, which, you know, was way too far. Let's pump the brakes. And we all know he's 7'4", 210 pounds. All this other stuff. And his rookie season, eh, it's not been great. But the numbers aren't bad. 19 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. 45% from the field. Not bad. The other night against the Pistons, I know it's the pathetic Pistons. He played 
not bad. 16 points, 6 for 16. Made his foul shots, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. He has shown flashes that he can play. 24 points on the road at Cleveland and a loss. 10 rebounds. He's a rebound machine. He can play. He's shown enough. 27 points, 20 points. Like that 30-point game at Portland a couple weeks ago. Victor Wimbanyama has shown he can play. We talked about it last week on another show that when he played against the Bucks. The difference between Giannis and him, Giannis is bigger, stronger, and he's more experienced. And he's on a better team. I've said it over and over again, the Spurs need to get him better talent. Because I said before the season, what would help him out is if he had a veteran point guard like Chris Paul. Like when Chris Paul, after he went to the Warriors, and I was kind of like, what? He would have fit on the Spurs. And I know you're not going to win anything, but they could have made the playoffs in my opinion, with Wimby, a veteran point guard, and veteran players around them. Because that roster, let's just look at it. You have Wimby, who's the clear star. Keldon Johnson, he's not bad, but not a winning player. Zach Collins, okay, he's been on a few different teams. Doug McDermott, nah, not that guy. Trey Jones, eh, not bad, but not great. And then it's just not... a. It's a horrible roster. Like, we had people coming in, all these mainstream sports and media people, all these NBA experts, heading into the year said, the Spurs could win the NBA championship. They could get to the playoffs. That Wimby's going to win a championship within the next year. There were some folks that were saying that. They're not winning a damn championship anytime soon. They're not even close to making the playoffs. If they run this roster back, no chance in hell that is happening. Are you freaking kidding me? They need a point guard. They don't have a point guard. Trey Jones is not good enough. He can come off the bench and play good, but him in the starting lineup, nope. And also, and I said it last week, Greg Popovich needs to go. He's too old. It's that Bill Belichick syndrome. Change the scenery. You can go somewhere else and coach. But if we're talking about the development of Wimby, he needs to have a new voice. He needs a younger, progressive voice that's offensive-driven. That's what he needs. A Mark Jackson, even. Toughness. Good coach. Got the Warriors up and running. He can get this. He can re- reignite the Spurs. Mark Jackson can definitely do that. In my opinion, looking back on it, Monty Williams would have been a great fit for the Spurs job. Instead, he's stuck with the Pistons and Purgatory up there struggling through the downfalls of the Pistons and, you know, they can barely win a game in a month. I mean, it's just horrendous. What did they lose? 28 games in a row before they finally won one? The Spurs... If they don't revamp the roster and make some veteran moves, I'm not saying you can't keep guys like Keldon Johnson. I know they like him. But if you're expecting Wimby to make lemonade with garbage, and I say it all the time with the Chargers and Justin Herbert on another show, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. It's not realistic. Like, you can't realistically expect 
that to work out with a rookie coming in the first couple of years to make lemonade with garbage, which is what he's working with. It's garbage. No disrespect to any of these guys on the Spurs, but it's garbage. They're not good enough. Greg Popovich has not been a good good enough coach for Wimby, and he's not the type of coach he needs in order to develop. All righty. That is it for this first ever edition of Ranting All Day. I will see you guys next time.